Welcome to the Property Voice Podcast, helping you to navigate safely through the world of property investing. Get the lowdown and updates, insights and outcomes on all matters property with a splash of entertainment along the way. The Property Voice, a voice to trust among the crowd. Now, let's get started with your host, Richard Brown. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Property Voice Podcast. My name is Richard Brown, and as always, it's a pleasure to have you join me again on the show today. Well, today might be quite short, <laughs> uh, uh, but probably the topic that's uh, on the forefront of everybody's mind and the tip of our tongue is the coronavirus uh, epidemic or pandemic, actually, sorry, and uh, the, the potential consequences and fallout as a result of that. So I'm just going to talk about that a little bit. It's quite ironic as well that I'm talking about it because I'm, I'm sat here in self-isolation myself. Um, I have suspected I have some symptoms and I went to be tested over the weekend and I still have some symptoms now. The results take three days to come through uh, for the coronavirus test. So as I actually record this, I don't know if I have the uh, virus or not. Um, even if I don't have it now, I guess there's a risk of getting it in the future. Everybody is, I'm sure got an eye on the news and the updates and watching what's going on there uh, very, very closely. So, um, yeah, so wish me luck. Let's see how it goes for the rest of the day. But I'll be in isolation uh, for or self-isolation for 7 to 14 days, I imagine, regardless. So there we go. Um, but essentially, I wanted to talk about this, uh, the, the implications of this virus, really. And, and I guess, first and foremost, we, are, um, we have a responsibility to be good citizens, don't we? So I, I personally didn't really understand all of what was involved with this virus uh, when I first started he hearing about it. I must admit, I was probably in the camp of downplaying its seriousness and thinking it was something like the flu and, you know, would just pass um, relatively mildly. Um, but there's some pretty significant consequences um, from people catching the virus. And it's, it's, you know, it's extremely contagious um, it's an exp exponential growth curve in terms of the number of infections that are being passed around. I think each person infects at least two or three people. So um, you can quickly you know, multiply the number of infections over a very, very short period of time. And as I record this, I think we're maybe a couple of days uh, or a couple of weeks behind Italy, which is the worst in Europe, certainly. Um, and, um, you know, the worst affected in Europe, closely followed by Spain. So, um, but all of Europe and the US and everywhere pretty much has been um, affected by this virus. Now, if you get the virus, and I feel like I've got something, let's put it that way, it feels like a very heavy cold and, you know, I've got fever, I've got a temperature, I've got a headache, I've got a very mild cough, not a very la a large cough. And uh, what's the other thing? Uh, soft throat. Yep. So they're the thing. So, you know, it's kind of like cold or flu-like symptoms, I suppose. Um, the fever is what brings you down. It's very hard to function when you've got the fever. So I've been treating that and getting it down, but waiting for the results. Hopefully uh, it comes out clear, but if not, we're going to deal with it. It's just one of those things. But it's the contagion, isn't it, that is, um, you know, making everyone a bit spooky. And it's not just the contagions, like, the, you know, when the common cold passes around, everybody gets the cold, um, the, the consequences are not necessarily that significant. But in this case, they actually can be, can't they? So, the, you know, there's 20%, there's I believe, of uh, cases of inf infected people that require hospital treatment. And roughly 5% of those need intensive care uh, or a ventilator um, to actually stay alive, in fact. So, 
And that's what you know explains the the sort of death rate. Uh, I think it's three or four percent overall. Um, there's there's a lot of mystery and uh, false information going around about the statistics. I'm going to share some links in the show notes to some articles that I found very helpful. Um, they're not necessarily coming from the mainstream. Um, and I think it's good to check your, your facts um, and understand what you're, you know, what, what you're being told is correct and, and also what you can do about things. But essentially, yes, it's very contagious. You know, for example, the uh, virus can live on, on like door handles and things like that for apparently up to nine days. So, uh, okay, if you cough and it falls onto the floor, it probably dies. But things like plastic and ceramic and metal, uh, those sorts of surfaces, you know, bathrooms, and, you know, public places, generally speaking, are a hotbed probably for the virus to uh, to manifest. So, yeah, it's uh, it's extremely contagious. We need to do the sensible things, uh, for example, washing hands. But I think it's probably gone to the stage now where we really do need to self-isolate. And that means protecting one another from um, passing on this infection, and in particular, the, the elderly. So I guess really, you know, there's the, the health aspects, the being a good citizen aspects, but is it really a health scare? Well, obviously it is, uh, first and foremost, a health scare. And, and of course, it's only right and proper that we do the right things to protect one another. Uh, self-isolation, as I mentioned, is probably the only realistic way to go now. But um, there's a number of consequences attached to that, isn't there? So not only the health issues, you know, we're seeing, you know, whole regions being locked down. We're seeing large gatherings being stopped. We're seeing travel bans. We're seeing workplaces being emptied um, to try and, you know, stop the spread of this infection. But of course, not only is there a health issue, there are also economic issues as well. And, you know, I guess I just wanted to focus on that because obviously I'm not a health professional. So um, I can only give you some pointers to some good articles that I've read and just talk about personal experience. But I really wanted just to pick up in the, in the, in the sort of second half of this uh, episode some of the potential second and third order consequences, as I like to call them. So obviously we've got the health issues and we're trying to contain this virus and we're trying to sort of limit the spread and protect people from uh, serious illness or even worse. But um, then let's just start to play this scenario through. Um, businesses are not, you know, taking people into the office. You know, that means productivity is probably going to fall. Um, revenues are probably going to fall as well. Um, profits of businesses are going to fall. They're, they're going to be in trouble, essentially. Only today, as I record this, uh, Boris Johnson has basically said he'd rather people didn't go to in, into pubs and clubs and social settings and reduce the restaurant occupancy by 50%. The airline industry has been absolutely decimated, of course, with travel bans and uh, people just choosing not to travel. Um, obviously, we've had the oil price crash at the same time, so that's a double whammy, and we've seen the stock market take a tumble. So these are pretty well uncharted waters. Um, they're not uncharted insofar as we've had economic setbacks, but they're uncharted insofar as how it's happened. And Of course, a few months ago, I did talk about black swan events, and I guess you'd describe it as one of those, wouldn't you? But the, the, the thing is, I guess as property investors and developers, there's some consequences that we need to be mindful of as well. And maybe there's some things that we need to keep in mind and uh, there's some uh, mitigants that we can put in place as well. So tenants are maybe going to struggle with uh, their earnings. So uh, a lot of people won't be able to work the hours that they used to work. And if they're on an hourly-based uh, you know, or time-based contract, of course, their income is going to struggle. That's going to put pressure on them to pay their rent. So if we're landlords we might have tenants who are struggling to pay uh, rents to us. So I'm expecting to see some arrears um, arising. 
uh, over the uh, over the next few months. Obviously, as people are struggling to make ends meet, um, from that point of view. Then, of course, you know we've got things like uh, depending on your property strategy. So that would be sort of a buy and hold type of strategy. If you're a flipper, uh, your property trading, you might be in the middle of a project or about to come out of a project and put your property on the market. But is anybody going out to view it? Um, what is the competition like? Are you likely to sell that property on? I don't know. So um, we, you know we're in again uncharted waters. So um, I guess uh, if you're also a developer, um, now you've got pretty you know if you're in the middle of a project, I'm in the middle of a number of development projects, and so the costs of that project could be extended potentially. So you could have people not going to work because they don't want to associate with other people. Therefore, that could drag the time out uh, unnecessarily. You might have carrying costs over that period of time. You may need to uh, incur additional expenses during the development period. And of course, come the end of development, if you're going to sell those properties on, will they sell? If you're going to refinance them, well, there's been a little bit of good news, obviously, on the financing side with an interest rate cut. Whether that actually makes its way through into real mortgage rates it remains to be seen. Let's hope so. Um, but you know, obviously, a base rate cut uh, back down to the historic low of a quarter of a percent is welcome, um, a, a boost at this point in time. But I think really the biggest issue is uh, all about liquidity and having contingency plans and indeed funds available. I think you know we're probably going to have to expect that we might take a bit of a hit in one way or another over the next few months. So we need to be prepared. And that means putting measures in place. Um, so, for example, having a contingency fund so we could buffer ourselves against two or three months uh, rent un, you know, unpaid or short paid from tenants who are struggling. Um, perhaps we can negotiate a moratorium, you know, like a, a payment holiday on our mortgages with the lenders. I believe some lenders are being quite sympathetic uh, to that idea of uh, you know, putting the mortgage payments on pause and uh, deferring interest payments for a period of time. That's maybe something we can do to help bridge that gap. Um, we should try and have funds set aside if possible, so liquidating assets and converting, you know, um, hard to convert uh, assets into more liquid or cash-based uh, assets so that we can respond to events. We should try and fix our interest rates and, you know, um, as, as long as possible probably in this period of time or, or, or get extra financing in place to have a bit of a buffer to survive, uh, you know, a, a, a bit of a difficult period. By all intents and purposes, it probably looks like, you know, well into the last half of the year before we see the end of this particular uh, crisis, I suppose you might call it. So I'm not trying to alarm anyone. I'm not trying to stoke any fear, but I am trying to make sure that we're prepared. So this is happening fast and, you know, things are changing very, very rapidly and we need to be prepared for that. So that's the sort of mitigation side of things and the contingency side of things. But equally, there's an opportunity side of things, too. And I think, you know, as Warren Buffett said, uh, to be uh, fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful. Um, well, you know, there may be opportunities here. People might be struggling a little bit. Um, there might be opportunities to you know, bag a bargain if you have cash on hand. So there's the flip side to it, too. So perhaps being ready to take advantage of a market drop or a lack of competition or something like that is also something worth considering as well. So. Um, yeah, I, I didn't want to speak too long. Um, as you can probably, not if you can tell, but I'm feeling a little bit bunged up and uh, not in the best of spirits. So I just wanted to do a short update today, talk a little bit about the, uh, the C word, as it's called, the coronavirus uh, or, or COVID-19 
virus to give it its correct, uh, you know, der der derived name, if I could say the word, uh, and just share some of my top of mind th thoughts with you. Um, I've obviously going to be looking at my own cash flow planning, uh, some of my own contingency plans, and just revisiting some of my own developments just to make sure everything's going to be okay. But a bit of uncharted waters. Uh, just take care out there on a personal level. Take care of one another. You know, be a responsible citizen, but equally uh, look after your business. And um, uh, there may be an update in the future about you know support that might be available to businesses. Uh, going through a struggle. Um, let's see if there's going to be any government assistance. But, you know, everyone's looking to everyone else. Who's going to pay my mortgage? Who's going to pay, you know, sort out my business if I, I've lost money because I can't I can't work or, you know, I can't, I can't do my business. So watch this space. There may be more updates over the coming weeks ahead. Uh, maybe I'll return to the topic later. But for now, I just wanted to leave you with uh, some thoughts. Um, sorry, it's not the most upbeat and positive podcast um, I could have shared with you, but as you can tell, I'm right in the thick of it myself. So, uh, you know, wherever you are, stay safe and uh, keep your business in check. And I guess, um, you know, just have a look at the, the website, thepropertyvoice.net, if you want to see any show notes. Drop me an email, podcast at thepropertyvoice.net, if you want to reach out to me about anything from today's show or indeed anything from property investing more generally. But I guess all that is left to say now is thank you very much for listening once again this week. And until next time on the Property Voice podcast, it's Chow Chow. Thank you for listening today. Now head over to thepropertyvoice.net for more inspirational content and get updates through our mailing list. Join us next time on the Property Voice podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to rate us on iTunes.